And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss MLB's foreign substance policy and the latest injury news. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-crews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, March 25th. I'm Al Melker, and I am joined here by Michael Beller. And Michael, we're going to talk about uh, something a little bit off of our beaten path here in terms of what MLB plans to do with StatCast data. Definitely a different story there, but let's start with a couple of really important injury updates. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., big scare for all of us. Uh, he left Tuesday's game with the trainer appeared to have a shoulder issue. Uh, he has been diagnosed with left shoulder discomfort, and it apparently is consistent with a minor issue he's dealt with for several years, uh, according to the Padres manager, Jace Tingler. So any change here for you in terms of evaluating Tatis? I don't think so. Now, to be fair, I was already a Trout Soto bet top three person before I got to Acuna and Tatis. So I was already, I mean, to say you're low on Fernando Tatis is silly, right? But like <laughs> relative to where he is going, I was already there. So it's not like I'm going to push him down. I certainly wouldn't push him behind the next hitter on my board. The next person would be Jacob deGrom. And I still think I would rather have a hitter there than a pitcher as unbelievable as Jacob deGrom is. So no change for me. He's still the number four player on my board just ahead of Ronald Acuna. Right there, really, with Ronald Acuna. I'm not changing anything with Tatis, but I already had him down at a spot where most people, if they are changing, would be moving him behind guys like Trout and Soto and Betts, and I already had them ahead of him. All right, yeah, and probably if you did have Tatis ahead of uh, those players that you mentioned, probably still no, no need to move him down because mm -hmm. this is consistent with something he's been dealing with already when he's been hitting and stealing and doing all the things that we yep. love to see from uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. So uh doesn't look like there's anything to worry about here. Uh, on the other hand, with Zach Gallon, he has been diagnosed with a hairline stress fracture in his right forearm. There's no timetable. This sounds like the sort of thing, though, that would certainly keep him uh, out of the uh, rotation for the, the first turn and, and possibly quite a bit longer than that, although um, medical expertise is, is not my thing. So <laughs> uh, I'll just say it doesn't sound good. Uh, now, the Diamondbacks don't need a fifth starter until the 10th of April. Uh, so there's obviously the two sides of this. Um, how late would you wait for Gallon in drafts this weekend? And who would you expect to take his place? I would have to have Gallon getting pushed into a group that he is obviously a, a tier above without this injury. That's where I would have to have him getting to for me to really want to think about taking this risk. I mean, we just don't know, right? We just don't know with pitcher injuries, and it doesn't sound too bad, 
but I, I would still be afraid of taking him in a draft from scratch over someone who is already rubbing elbows with him. Like if I had him in a keeper league, I wouldn't be if I if I was keeping in a key, in a keeper league, I wouldn't be looking at this with gloom and doom. You know, I'd say this sucks, but you know he'll be back and whatever, and I'm fine with it. But if I was able to make a decision from scratch, I wouldn't be trying to take on this unnecessary risk because risk is going to find us no matter what. So that's just something that would have me concerned. I would have to get into the next tier, the obvious next tier of pitchers before I would go and think about taking Zach Gallen. As for who's going to replace him, I mean, I would think, especially if they think it's going to be something short-term, you know, I wouldn't think it's going to be someone who's going to do much for us in the fantasy world. I would think Taylor Clark gets the first shot at it, but whether it's Clark, whether it's Alex Young, whether it's Corbin Martin, I don't think it's someone who is going to demand being drafted if you have drafts remaining. It was someone who, you know, if they prove it to us over the first couple of starts, I could see being in the fab discussion early in the season, but not someone who's going to be on my radar on draft day. Yeah, and I'm I'm in agreement there. It would seem like Clark has the leg up because he's had a good spring. And even before this injury to Gallon, I had noticed that he was among the leaders on that staff in terms of innings pitch. So they've given him some long looks. Mm-hmm. He's pitched well this spring, but you know what we what we say about spring stats. So <laughs> no major changes here in terms of how we assess Taylor Clark. Uh let's get to this business here with spin rate and foreign substances. Major League Baseball is going to use spin rate data from StatCast to apparently crack down on pitchers using foreign substances. The name that, of course, has been all over Twitter on Wednesday following this announcement has been Trevor Bauer. And so no surprise that when I did a year-to-year comparison, Michael, I looked at Forcing fastball spin rates from 2019 and 2020. And yes, Bauer did have the biggest year-to-year increase, uh, but not too far behind him, Tyler Malley and Brandon Woodruff. So uh, if Bauer's going to be affected, he's probably not going to be the, I, I shouldn't say he may not be the only one because who knows why there's a big increase in spin rate for a given pitcher. But, uh, you know, there's certainly been speculation in Bauer's case. And I think that would, you know, in all fairness, have to go, uh, with anybody else who's had a big increase. So is this anything that we should worry about in terms of evaluating pitchers? Um, worry about probably not. Something that maybe is part of your decision-making process, I could see that being yes. And for me, it would increase as part of my decision-making process as the draft price on the player increases. So Tyler Molly, yeah, I made no secret about how much I love him, and he's coming at a very affordable price. So maybe this ends up being a thing for him, but it's not like you are spending this big-time draft day capital to get him. So I am fine taking the risk on this being something that negatively affects him in 2021. You look at the op- opposite end of the spectrum, and you find Trevor Bauer going up there with Lucas Giolito, you Darvish, guys like that. Those were pitchers who I already wanted ahead of Trevor Bauer anyway coming into this season, and now I think the risk is even that much greater related to Trevor Bauer, especially given how vocal he's been about this, how clear and stark the differences were in his spin rate from 2019 to 2020. I just think that that is another check mark against him when you are considering the fact that you can pass on Trevor Bauer and still take an awesome pitcher like Hugh Darvish or Lucas Giolito. I'm just so much more comfortable with one of those guys than I would be with Bauer. It's not something I'm running away from any of these guys because of, but I do think it would be part of the decision-making process as you're sitting down to pick your uh, teams and any remaining drafts or auctions you might have. Yeah, and that wouldn't have been the case a couple of days ago, so it's, it's definitely an important development. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And an interesting development in Oakland, or uh, you know, at the A's training site, I should say. Uh, so Dalton Jeffries, excuse me, Dalton Jeffries has had a really, really good spring. He had another great start on Tuesday this week. And it's looking more and more like he could emerge as the replacement for Mike Fires, who's been sidelined with um, hip inflammation. So, you know, there's a lot of depth there with the uh, A's pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is a complicated situation. It's not particularly unique, but you've got a prospect who, in this particular case with Jeffries, was really, really good in 2019 in two different levels, um, ending up at double A. And it'd be very tempting to maybe, you know, view his stock as being on the rise. But then again, if Fires isn't necessarily out that long, then maybe that's a draft pick that's better off used on somebody else. So how do you break down a situation like this? Yeah, you know, I think that that can often be the case that it is a, a draft pick that is better used on somebody else. But I mean, what are we talking about here, right? I mean, even if you are in a league filled with Dalton Jeffries apologists, you're still not going to have to use a big time uh, pick on him. So I, I love the upside shot, and it's going to you know be partially determined by what you do leading up to that point of the draft and sort of what sort of holes you need to fill, what type of upside you're looking for, whether you're looking for starting pitching upside, reliever upside, hitter upside, where we're all looking for something like that. A guy with one of our last few picks who could break out and become a regular for your team. But uh, if you are in the starting pitching upside bin at the end of your drafts, Jeffries just has it, obviously. And you know, even if Mike Fires does end up only being out a little bit, there are paths to getting in this rotation that could involve another Fires injury. You know, we don't know exactly what AJ Puck's going to be for this team. Sean Manaya has had his fair share of injuries. Uh, Frankie Montes has dealt with a few things over the last couple of years. Like, there are ways to get into this rotation that don't just involve Mike Fires being injured for the first month of the season. So, I, I like Jeffries being able to find one of those paths, or I at least like the upside he represents if he is able to find one of those paths to a regular starting gig for this team. Yeah, and as you pointed out, maybe most important of all, that uh, even with this development, probably somebody could still sneak in in the later rounds and uh, could really pay off big. And another situation with an injury and uh, maybe some speculation over who gained some playing time, Harrison Bader is going to be out for at least four weeks with a forearm injury. So it could just be a matter of shifting Dylan Carlson from right field to center field. But no matter how you slice it, there's a need for an outfielder in St. Louis. And I recently did a write-up, Michael, on NL Only Sleepers. I've been on the Lane Thomas bandwagon for a couple years now. This might be his opportunity to see if he can make that power-speed combo from the minor leagues um, translate to the major leagues. But he certainly still does have some competition. There's Justin Williams, um, John Nagowski, who's uh, naturally a first baseman. He's been getting some reps in the outfield. And he's got some great plate discipline, or at least in the minors, he's shown some fantastic plate discipline, some real OBP potential there. So uh, do you see anybody emerging from this group? 
you know, I wonder if they wouldn't try to go with a righty-lefty platoon with Thomas and Williams. I sort of feel like that could be a route that they end up going to start the year while Bader is out. The thing with Bader is that the glove is so good. It's one of the gloves that really plays. And so it's not like there's suddenly going to be, I don't think personally at least, that there is going to be an opportunity in the long term for this to be a spot that is taken over. When Bader's healthy, he's going to be back in there. You and I both seem to think that Dylan Carlson is going to command an everyday spot for this team. So I think you're still looking at some sort of crunch in this outfield once Bader is back. And that also leads me to believe that maybe they go with a Williams and Thomas platoon to start things off. And, you know, maybe Bader's injury lingers and maybe one of these two guys distinguishes himself and then Mike Schilt runs with that guy. But I think that just the most logical pathway forward, given all of the inputs that are going into this, suggests to me that we see Lane Thomas against lefties, Justin Williams against righties, and then they make a a decision, you know, maybe a couple of weeks into the season if one of these guys deserves a little bit more time. And then Nagowski's in the picture too. It's just a little bit too crowded for me to really want to run with either with any of these guys, even though you're beating me down on Lane Thomas with all you've been talking about him this (laughs) week. Well, and, you know, if I'm going to maybe throw a little bit more cold water on, uh, you know, Lane Thomas's chances, I mean, there's also uh, Tommy Edmond there who's versatile right. and can play in the outfield. And maybe Matt Carpenter open. could get in this mix if you exactly. throw it right. Like it's, it's, there's a lot, a lot of factors at play here. Yeah. But I will just say one more thing in regards to Bader and the situation that if Bader, let's say he does stay out the minimum mm-hmm. four weeks, comes back, and yes, his glove is really, really valuable to this team. But he has really, for the most part, struggled offensively. Oh, yeah. And I, I do have to wonder at what point, if he came back and struggled, maybe wasn't 100%, um, you know, at what point they really do reduce his role. So mm-hmm. it's a situation that could easily be in flux uh, early on in the season, but some really interesting names there to uh, to pay attention to as this develops. Uh, so with that said, uh, we are going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we really do like it when you take the time to do that. So we thank you in advance. And before we sign off here, just a reminder to check out Ding You, presented by BetMGM. It's our March Madness show. Listen on the Daily Ding podcast feed or watch the show on YouTube. Live here this afternoon. Check us out. There you go. Be sure to do it, everybody. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be back with you on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.